OHL hockey is back. This is the Farwell and Vogue podcast. Originating from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Chris Pope. Pope, what time is it? Uh, 570 news time, 750. I like the way you did that. Thank you. So as of seven... Force of habit. That's well done. <laughs> well, they've trained you yes. well. <laughs> as of 7.50 p.m. on Thursday, November the 29th, the time of this recording, we are less than 24 hours away from the next Kitchener Rangers hockey game. Niagara Ice Dogs in town on Friday night at the odd. And... Less than 24 hours from puck drop. We do not know yet the status of one Donovan Sabrango, the defenseman for the Kitchener Rangers, who laid a hit. And I do mean a hit for the ages on Alex Gritz of the Erie Otters last Friday. Many, including his coach, Sabrango's coach, thought that it would warrant a suspension. And six days later, despite the league ruling on two other incidents that happened either on the same night as Sobrangos or the next night. They got around to those two. Sorry, Cam Hillis and Christopher Cameron. Not a word on Sobrango. I don't even know where to begin with this, Popper. I don't understand what the league is thinking. I stopped trying to figure out what the league was thinking a long time ago. Um, But I think that the league does it leading up to the, the team's next game. And I th- that's why we've seen two suspensions. Um, just a Cole's note, Jay didn't think it warranted one. He thought one was coming down because of what this league has shown, uh, especially this year, but in, in years past. I thought it was a clean hit, and I don't think he's going to get suspended. If he does, it'll be just for what, at the time of this recording, is tomorrow's game, Friday's game, against Niagara. Well, and... I believe that even more now. In fact, I don't think he's going to get suspended. So we're going to find out how good our prognosticating skills are because Christopher Cameron, after one game, a one-game suspension for the whooping that he laid on Yvonne Lodnia, Cameron uh, is back playing with the Barry Colts after a one-game suspension. And I think you're right when it comes to the league's thought process in making the decision before that player's next game. But that is... Utterly, and I mean this as I'm with you. kindly as I can, it's moronic. Yep. It completely dilutes the whole idea of supplemental discipline. If it's a suspension, it's a suspension. Suspend them. If it's not a suspension, it's not. If, it, if it's a suspension 24 hours before he plays his next game, it's a suspension 168 hours before he plays his next game. Make the damn ruling. I'm with you. Honestly. Uh, I don't think we're going to argue on this one, which is a little shocking um, for anyone who has listened to us before. (laughs) But uh, I'm with you. I don't understand what takes so long. The only thing I can think of is, and I should have done more research, and I apologize for that, but if the suspension means the player can't practice, if the player cannot practice with the team, then I understand why they wait before the game. It's funny you say that. Because I wondered the same thing only after I had checked in, which would have been Wednesday night, Tuesday or Wednesday night. I checked in with Rangers general manager, Mike McKenzie. Hey, any word on Sobrango? Because, you know, I'm in the media. I cover this league and I have to go to the 
OntarioHockeyLeague.com website and check out media notes. That's how I found out, by the way, Cam Hillis and Christopher Cameron had been suspended. I'm sorry if that makes it sound like I don't do my job that well, but you know what? I probably get an average of six emails a week from the Ontario Hockey League, give or take. For sure. Player of the week, top 10 rankings, now the midget rankings heading into the the championship there. Uh, Tons of other stuff as well. Absolutely. The stories of the week, all these different things that we get emailed to us directly from the league, and yet I'll even... I'll even give them a pass on supplying video explanation of the suspension. I think they should. Oh, I'm way past that now. But just tell the people whose job it is to tell the fans. That would be us. You see, we're in the media, so the the league sends out a media release. Cam Hillis, Slewfoot, suspended two games. Christopher Cameron, whatever they called that, suspended indefinitely. Just tell us so we can report it so the fans no, I yeah. don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And please, Ontario Hockey League, if anybody from that league office is listening, if you know somebody from the league office, send them this episode of the Farwell and Pope podcast and tell them to get their heads out of their asses and fix this. It's mind-numbing. But to them, it really doesn't matter. I think that's the biggest thing. The suspension came down before the player played a game, and that's all they're worried about. But that dilutes the whole idea of having supplemental discipline. It, if it's a suspension, it's a suspension. There is no reason to wait. Whether it affects the player, that's not the point. Whether it affects the team waiting before their next game, that's not the point. If you want to be taken seriously as a hockey league, then... And you talk all the time. You know, honestly, I like Commissioner Branch. I think he's done great things for this game. I've enjoyed every conversation I've ever had with him. I really have. I think he's one of the best commissioners in sport. I don't disagree. I think he deserves his spot in the hockey power rankings yep. that he gets annually. All of these things. And we look, there's a debate. I'm sure some fans are rolling their eyes right now or <laughs> You know, slamming their fists on dashboards or wherever they're listening to this. But I like David Branch. And how many times have we heard him say, player safety, player safety, player safety is paramount. Commissioner Branch, if player safety is paramount, then get somebody on this file within the office. Have somebody working weekends or at the very least Monday. Look at the tapes that have been sent in. Look at the possible suspension-worthy incidents and rule on them. Well, don't wait. That's the thing. They've definitely seen the of hit, course right? They have. They've definitely seen the hit. I just don't understand why a ruling can't come down, or just a simple "he will be suspended" or "he won't." Something like that, at least. It, then you know. I'm sorry. I'm. I got to take it a step further. I, like I said, I'll give them the mulligan on the lack of a video explanation. You can. Ha- you can make it a priority. I know it's not fun news to have to deliver. Oh boy, three players got suspended. If Sabrango had been suspended for that hit last week, we're thinking that he's not going to be now. But you would have had a Monday. Right. You would have had a Monday morning where you had three of your players suspended. One for a slew foot, two for head checks. Not a good look. Okay. But you know what? That's the world that you live in. Fans deserve better. Fans deserve so much better. And more importantly, so do the players. How do you think Donovan Sabrango's week has been? I know. I I, th- I think it has to go back to the practicing thing. I really do. There's no other excuse this league can have 
that it's waited this long. A full calendar week. The Rangers only played Friday night That's last right. weekend. Yeah. We're, on, we're coming up on a full calendar week that the league has not sent down a ruling here, whether a yes or a no. Never mind an explanation. I think I'm with you. I'm past the explanation part. Just give me a ruling. It can be a one-line press release. It doesn't, like, give me a one-line email to, to the media members that cover this league instead of just casually, slowly putting it up on your website. I think it's, uh, it's awful. It is. It is absolutely awful. It's a terrible way to do business. And this league does better in so many ways. This is something I'm digging in. It's got to get fixed. It's got to get fixed. I don't think it will, though. Oh, it's got to. I don't think it will. How can Wh- it not? Why? For, for the league, though, if I'm at the league, I don't care what two guys in Kitchener are talking about on their podcast. They don't care. They got the news out to the, to the team that the player was suspended ahead of the next game. That is all they are worried about. Do they not care about their fans at all? Because they, I guarantee you, I guarantee you there are fans in Kitchener who want to know, who have paid good money to see the Friday night game versus Niagara. They want to know if one of their better defensemen, one of their good-looking rookies is in, the, is in the lineup. And fans in Erie certainly want to know if some sort of justice will be meted out for the hit against their player. They're in the minority, though, hands to- down. Hands down, not even close. Total minority. There are way more fans that care than the 20 players or whatever around one organization right, in Kitchener. But, but there, I think the minority are the fans that are following along every hour waiting to see or every day checking if Sobrango's been suspended. I think the majority of fans go to the rink that go to the rink tomorrow and hear from their buddy at the water cooler who caught it on the Mike Farwell show tomorrow. You're absolutely right about that. The majority of fans are just going to the game. But there are more than 20 fans concerned about this through both markets. There are hundreds. Guaranteed, there are hundreds of fans. They may not be checking the website every day, but they want to know. There are fans in Erie who have been wondering since last week, boy, that guy that really rocked our guy. Is he going to get suspended for that? And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, there are hundreds of fans in Kitchener that want to know if one of their best defensemen is going to be in the lineup on Friday night. I think you're, yeah, there probably are a hundred fans, but again, that's the minority and the league. It's not like they're going to not come to the game. It's not like they're going to email the league and be like, Hey, why don't you guys come up with suspensions earlier? I think it's people in the media trying to do our jobs that are worried about it a little more. And I think it's on the league to do better. Yes. But I don't think that it has any effect on Tommy and Leanne who go to the game on Friday. You know, I, it's a fair point. I hope that we can get some sort of movement on this. Speaking of Tommy and Leanne. Yeah. Who go to the game on Fridays. Um, behave yourself. Oh. Because fan etiquette is snuck in uh, to the OHL this week. We heard, I heard your post game a bit. I missed it. So for anybody who isn't aware, there were some people at the odd last Friday that were not acting appropriately. Correct. And in fact, so not only did I hear about it firsthand from fans sitting along the rail at ice level, but then after the game, I received a tweet from a concerned parent in another section of the odds. So this came at me from two different places on Friday night. But I can assure you of my sources at ice level, and no, they're not in the timekeeper's box. I don't want to make anybody think it was somebody that's working at the game. But They were fans. They were there to watch the game, pay the price for a ticket. Correct. And told me directly what their experience was 
with the fans around them. And I want to preface this by saying I have said for a number of years that I, I believe, and look, I'm, I'm a hockey fan as much as anybody. I've been going to hockey games at all levels and particularly in the city of Kitchener where I grew up for my entire life. And particularly when I was a teenager, was I a bit of a loudmouth? What do you think? <laughs> so there may have been times where I acted a, in a manner that I would look back on now and probably be a little bit embarrassed about. 100%. A little bit. Yep. I fully admit that. But I'm I reached, still embarrassed by myself after a weekend. I, but I, not for this reason. I reached a stage in my life where I realized it's just a game. Right? And I want my team to win every time I'm watching a game. Of course, especially if I'm paying money to watch them play. Anyway, so I, I'm on record and, and I acknowledge it's a little bit preachy. But I've I've long said that a fan goes to the game to cheer on his or her team, not to cheer against the other team. And I get it, a little preachy. Maybe you want to boo somebody else on the other team every time they touch the puck, or you want to, you know, tell somebody they suck. If the, uh, you know, whatever. But the behavior that was reported to me from Friday night in Kitchener included included mocking Alex Gritz as he wobbled off the ice from the hit we just talked about and mocking Brendan Sellen, who was in the penalty box bleeding from his head after his fight with Donovan Sobrango. Who does that? What adult, and I'm going to play this card, I'm sorry, what adult does that to a teenage hockey player? That is beyond the pale, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to fan behavior. There is zero place for that in any rank at any level. I'm with you. Keep in mind that when you go to an Ontario Hockey League game, it you know, we talked about it last week on the podcast. These are student athletes. They are not paid employees. It's not th- not like pro sports where you say, Well, you get paid millions of dollars, suck it up and let us chirp you. We saw Kevin Durant in the NBA go over to a grown man who's sitting courtside and tell him, sit down and watch the game. There's a few expletives in there, but that's at the pro level. When these kids are 16 years old, when mental health is at the top of the OHL's list of what they're trying to look after and what they're trying to make sure in their league doesn't happen again like we've seen in the past where players obviously have some issues. These are kids that are hearing it from their coach they're hearing it from their parents they're hearing it from their friends they're hearing it from their agents they're hearing it from the national hockey league they're hearing it from university every scout every person they have eyes on them all the time the pressure is insane for these young players in this league the last thing they need to feel like is that they're being mocked by some guy that's had one too many Molson Canadians. If you can't handle your alcohol, don't drink. If you weren't drinking, look at yourself in the mirror when you go home. Because you got issues. Get them figured out before you come to a hockey rink. It's that simple. And I'm really reluctant, I am, to pull out the they're just teenagers card. I mean, because they're teenagers doesn't make them beyond criticism, which we're going For to sure. hear in just a minute from... Kitchener Rangers head coach Jay McKee when he put it pretty plainly how he felt about the game on the ice in general that night. 
you can say, boy, that player made a bad play, or oh gosh, that guy's really hurting our team. If you want to, I don't even care if you tell them that they suck. Sure, like I don't care about right. that. I, I'm with you, but the to to mock an injured player, and and when you're an adult, like my goodness gracious, now the tweet I got talked about uh, a younger child yelling, "Kill him and hit him harder," and things like that, yeah. which. I'd, I'd tell that parent to look in the mirror and whatnot, but it's just, it, it's, it's so far offside. There was a fan and I used to, <laughs> I used to call him out pretty good in Kitchener. He has since changed his uh, approach, but he would sit, uh, he, oh, he, I think he still does. Anyway, he would sit where the visiting team enters and exits the ice at that Zamboni tunnel, the Zamboni entrance. entrance. Thank you. And at the end of periods, at the end of periods, and you could always spot this guy because he was always wearing a jersey, some sports jersey, and he would come as far as he could in his section along the rail, and he'd be pointing and yelling at these players, as they came, the opposition players, as they came off the ice. And he was a high school teacher in this city. Imagine that. That's bad. That is horrible. Hey, I did three years of television broadcast for this team before making the move upstairs to the radio booth, and... For those television broadcasts, I was the host, so I was pinned between the benches. Yes, you hear a lot of things from the players to each other. The worst you heard was from certain individuals standing behind the opposing team's bench, screaming at the players and the opposing team's coaches. The abuse, some of those players, and there was a playoff series against London that I remember. The the abuse some of those players took from a few gentlemen that were standing behind the Rangers bench atrocious absolutely atrocious the way that they would speak the way that they would act the things that they would say this is a hockey game i've never understood that you see fights at pro sports levels of fans in the crowd it's like you cheer for one team well i cheer for another we should punch each other in the face it's stupid you have no investment in this team at all like i get that you're a fan but you have no impact on the game is what i mean so so why why are you trying to belittle a 16 year old or i don't care if he's 20 why are you trying to belittle a 20-year-old? you got to wake up and go to work the next morning, pal. What Figure you, it out. What are you even doing at the game? Oh. Like, what is, honest to goodness, when you buy your ticket, when you plan that well, night those are out, season tickets. Sure. Okay. So when you plan that, is that, like, if that is your motivation, if that is what you intend to do, the hell is the matter with you? No. I, I don't get it. I, I will say, if I may, and I'm sorry no, to please. cut you off, but... I do like a good chirp. Love I, it. I've told you this before, this one before, and I still love it. Uh, it. It was an NHL, Vancouver Canucks game, and somebody's holding up a sign that says, hey, Henrik, your, your brother is ugly. <laughs> it's gold. <laughs> Fantastic. Right? And I remember one, it's stuck with me all these years. You got to go back to the, I'm going to say late-ish 1980s. I should have looked up when he was there. But anyway, Tony Aub used to play for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. Last name, I-O-B. Okay. And I was sitting behind the Sioux bench, and there was a guy that was rather leather-lunged, not too far away from me, and he was, you know, riding the bench pretty hard. Nothing that stands out as being really vulgar. But what I do remember is the one time Tony's standing up, he's getting ready to get back on for his next shift, and the guy behind me yells out, Hey, Tony, is that your name or your postal code? (laughs) 
I'm like, that's pretty good. That's good. Yeah, and another guy started calling him Tony Tenby, and then the other one would yell bingo. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> well, that's intelligent. Well, that, like, that's intelligent stuff. Give it some I effort. I don't mind if you're yelling that the player sucks. I don't even care if you you're chirp him that he's not drafted or chirp him that he has no goals on the season. Whatever. It is. That's all good and fun. To mock somebody who's going for concussion protocol or who's bleeding, it's their physical health that you're <laughs> mocking. Like, yeah. uh, what point are you at in your life? And I, it got it got worse in Sudbury. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It I, got worse in Sudbury. Tristan Lennox, Cambridge boy. Yeah, Cambridge boy. First OHL start. Yeah, and he wins against Sudbury on the road for Great. the Saginaw Spirit. He was called up, and some old bird chucked a beer can at his head. It catches him right yeah. above the eye. Yeah, he took the he took the the can off the off the mask, and then like the bottom of the can hit his head, and then he looked up and there was this old lady yelling at him. With all due respect, he said it was, she was old. So, I mean, well, okay, he ever we're old yeah, to him, but either way, yeah, yeah. Listen, I've got I've gotten I don't want to say I've gotten heckled. I wouldn't say abuse. I've gotten heckled for sure, and you know, pretty bad. Um, in my playing days, but nothing like that. You hear about the, like, that's the way it used to be. You hear about the old Windsor Arena. Players would be going off the ice getting batteries chucked at them. Popper, in the old Windsor Arena, fans had, an, had like, a corridor Yeah, you could walk on the bench. bench. <laughs> yeah, you could walk directly onto the bench. Can you imagine? When, Front row right onto the bench. If Boogs was the coach then... Oh, Bo- my Boogs goodness. wouldn't be coaching right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those fans might not still be attending no. games. Yeah, it... It's just it's it's a moral thing, isn't it? It's it's a it's who you are as a person. Just because you go to a hockey game doesn't mean you change. I get if you're playing in the game, and some people say you know like the fighters in the in the game are some of the nicest people. Connor Hall is one tough individual. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. That's played in the OHL. He goes on the ice, and then you see the eyes switch. And but as a fan, like you're a fan, your team is going to win or lose. You still have to go to work tomorrow morning. Grow up. I'm with you. Or and don't come. Yeah, just give your heads a shake. Like, honest to goodness, go to a game. It's entertainment. Have some fun. Yeah. Even if your team loses, it's Yell, not, clap your hands, uh, scream, boo, cheer, whatever. Make noise when the video board tells you to. Throw a hat. Anything. But don't mock players. <sighs> All right, where do you want to go next? Well, let's go back to that game because there is room for criticism, even though they are teenagers and we heard and and you knew i could tell so when it comes to our post game show on the uh, kitchen rangers broadcasts on 570 news you go down to ice level to interview rangers head coach jay mckee and a player of your choosing and i stay upstairs in the booth to man the controls and fill in with some other details from the game play the commercials play the commercials very important by the way if you want your commercial played right here this space open. Just tweet us at Farwell underscore OHL or at underscore Chris Pope. And we can even still taking sponsors for the actual broadcast. Huh. You want the second intermission? I'll mention it eight times a game. Holy cow. Tell them I said it. I don't care. Anyway, uh, so we heard from Jay McKee postgame. But- I could tell from the sound, the tone of Jay's voice that he was pretty upset. So when you came back up to the booth, I said, so is that as upset as you've ever seen head coach Jay McKee? And your answer was hands down. I believe you said, is that the most? And I said, yep, hands down. <laughs> you, you knew Not, where I was going. I yeah. knew exactly where you were going. He's normally a very articulate 
in the post-game interviews, in any interview, very well-spoken. And as you will hear, he stumbles a bit even in this interview. He was shaking mad. I've never seen Jay McKee like this. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Jay, what do you take away from one like that? Uh, not Nothing at all. It's, uh, it was a garbage game by uh, a lot of our older players, and it's something that on a Friday night in Kitchener uh, in front of unbelievable fans is, is beyond unacceptable. Is that the message to them afterwards? Um, there's a lot more than that, but we're, if they don't want to work and show up, and we've already talked about this over the past couple of weeks, if they don't want to work and show up in the first period, we had... You know, I can go over the goals. The first goal, um, you know, they, they make a seam pass in the power play that we, we pre-scouted and, and showed our guys, and we have a defenseman in front that doesn't want to take that lane. The next goal, we have Morales and Yancis right on one of their players in their slot. They don't decide to do anything to him. Um, the third one after that, we have an overage forward who doesn't want to back check when they've got four guys up ice. I can go back further. The reason why we take a penalty is because we have, we have an overage forward who jumps over the bench when he shouldn't. So if they don't want to work now, we're going to work during the game. We're going to work now. They're going to go downstairs in the weight room. They're going to spend time on the bike. We're going to be back here. We're going to compete as long as we can have the ice tomorrow. So it's it's just not acceptable, beyond acceptable, unacceptable, unacceptable. After something like that, how important is it? You mentioned the leadership group. You mentioned the overage forwards. How important is it for them in that weight room and on the ice tomorrow to lead the way? Well, it's, it's more than that. You know, we look at the game. We have two guys that, that have any pushback, and one's wearing a cage because he has a broken jaw and one's 16 years old and that's embarrassing in itself so when you're at home in front of this crowd and and we're playing the way we are to have not one guy bring more energy that's on us so we'll we'll get we'll find that energy and we'll continue to to work on these guys the way we're going to today until they want to compete the right way and lastly on that you mentioned the 16 year old donovan zabrango steps up makes that hit and then defends himself in the fight did you get a chance to look at the hit and what did you think of the play we looked at the hit um it's a good hit. Um, when he hits him in the chest, the head snaps back. So, And he was back out there playing not too long after that. So the player's fine. It's, you know what, if they're they're going to make those five-minute majors, just take hitting out of the league. It's a, it's a nice hit. And you know what, it's a tough sport. It's a physical sport. Sometimes the guy's going to get hit hard. Unfortunately, we get a five-minute major out of it, and they'll probably suspend him. I, but it wasn't a head shot. It was right in the chest. Do you ever remember? And back when you played. It would have been a little different. I told the story on the post-game show about a former Rangers coach, and this goes back decades. Don Cameron always told me this story, and I could, foolish me, I can never remember the coach. I think it was Eddie Bush. Anyway, stopped the team bus. He was so angry after a loss. The team bus stopped at the Charcoal Steakhouse in Kitchener, which, if you're not from the city, to put it in perspective, uh, what are we going to say? About five kilometers? I was going to say Three four, miles yeah. Yeah. From, the, uh, from the rink and told the players to get off the bus, they're walking the rest of the way back, sling a bag over your shoulder and hoof it. You just can't do that anymore. I remember some other former Rangers coaches when I was traveling with the team and it was after a bad loss, ironically in Erie, the team the Rangers lost to that just warranted what we heard from Jay McKee. Uh, and the coaches were so upset they were muttering that they wished they could deny the players their post-game meal. It just doesn't happen anymore. Back when you played, did you ever end up in a situation like that where the coach was so angry you were bag-skated afterwards, just like the movie Youngblood? N- not bag-skated afterwards. We got the, the, you know, you're coming to the rink tomorrow morning, that which the Rangers just got. 
Um, and I've gotten some very upset coaches for sure. Uh, I, I had coaches break spare sticks over a pillar in the middle of the room and parts of that wooden stick back in the day go flying and are hitting players. I had uh, one coach. We were a loose group, to say the least. We knew we were pretty decent. We went out there and put up a stinker in the first period. Didn't, we didn't To be quite honest, we didn't have a lot of respect for our coach at that time. And he came in and he was furious, losing his mind. He was one of the old school coaches that lost his mind all the time. And when you do that all the time, it just wears thin. You, people, you don't, you don't react to it anymore. You're like, oh, he's just losing his mind again. And he went to kick the garbage can. His foot got stuck. And he's hopping around the room with his foot in the garbage can. And everyone just started chuckling. And he was <laughs> losing it. But nobody was helping him get his foot out of the garbage can. And those are the funny ones. I mean... Um, obviously after a game like, and I didn't play at this high of a level. I, I was the lower junior, junior B and junior C. So it was a little less pressure on you um, and less expectation, to be quite frank, um, and less talent. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't going to say that. I was <laughs> much less talent. Um, but no, I never had the, uh, the, the come right back from practice. I know plenty of people that did. I heard plenty of rumors about it, about, you know, we, we stunk last year. We came back and we were bag skated for sure. I've been through numerous bag skates. That's, that's just hockey practice, really. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing quite like what I'm sure the Rangers went through on Friday night and then again on Saturday. It's interesting the way the game has evolved. And I will flat out say, I think for the better in, in so many ways. Although the old school in me likes to dole out a little bit of, you know, real stiff punishment. But... Another, it. yeah, it, you know, you suck tonight. You don't yeah. want to work during the game. Right, we're working now. Keep your gear on. Yeah. That's what he said. That's what the coach said in Youngblood. Yeah. Don't take that off. You're going, you know. Yeah. Anyway, something else that's been making news uh, this week, and this is, this is hard, hard to hear, hard to read. However it is you consumed Dan Carcillo's story, which began as a thread on Twitter uh, he has son, since done some media, and so has a former teammate of his, uh, Ryan Muntz, who yeah. was a goaltender with that same Sting team back uh, around 2002-2003. I'm going to just assume that those who uh, are listening to this are uh, aware of, of some of the details. It's just it's just awful stuff. Hot boxing, goal stick paddles. It's ridiculously similar. Uh, to what you're hearing out of St. Mike's College in Toronto. And I just heard today of a school down in the States. I'm trying to remember where, but either way, uh, seven players facing criminal charges for an incident that mirrors almost identically what went on at St. Mike's. Again, I'll come back to your experience as Popper, because the only experience I had when it came to hazing, or at the time as we called it, initiation, was niner initiation when I got to high school. And when I got to high school which would have been 1985, uh, the biggest thing for Niner initiation was called the nickel nudge, mm-hmm. where two Niners get down on their hands and knees, the nickels go on the floor, and the first one Here's to push nose. it with your nose. Yeah. And the year I got to St. Jerome's High School, they had just ended the practice of the nickel nudge because they thought it was going a little too far. This Carcillo and Munson, and St. Mike's and the school in the state stuff is... Well, as I said, difficult, really difficult to comprehend in 2000, almost 19. What about you when you were a rookie? You want to tell? I will tell. As we're mentioning, or as we're talking about this, I just got another email from the OHL, not about suspensions, but regarding hazing. Come on. 
Swear. Wouldn't lie to you. Came in at 754. It's now 818. Um, I didn't get a push notification on it. It's a lengthy email. Um, essentially, the first two paragraphs, OHL committed to providing a safe environment and creating a positive experience for all players on and off the ice. As a league, we believe that hazing is reprehensible, and we have a zero tolerance of any such action. In 2006, the league's anti-hazing policy was enhanced, and today all OHL players are educated on its important subject matter annually through their member team. It goes on and on and on to say um, internal uh, internal team staff that may assist a player. Every team has them. Uh, they all have an independent ombudsman and a Champlain. Uh, how the league trains. It mentions the talk today, which we talked about earlier on the podcast. Um, it says, it ends off, uh, in light of the recent attention that has been paid to the issue of hazing, we talked about it, Carcillo, Uh, The league has spoken with team management and all of our member teams are providing a refresher to all staff and players about this most important topic. Our hope is that through conversation, education, and awareness, the attitudes that lead to hazing behavior and these unthinkable actions disappear from sport and society. And that's a great wish. And maybe with Christmas coming, it can be granted. And I'll be honest with you, maybe I was a little bit naive. Again, I just shared the closest I can think of with a nickel nudge, right? Push Mm -hmm. a nickel across the floor with my nose. And I've been around this game for quite some time. And I see rookies picking up pucks after practice, loading and unloading gear. Makes perfect sense. You know what? Of Of course, that's the way it should be. And yeah, I guess every once in a while I think about some sort of rite of passage that a rookie must go through. Never in a million years. I could go back. Can I make the second reference to the movie Youngblood mm-hmm. in this podcast when they shaved Rob Lowe? I mean, shaved them. Okay. In fact, there's one. Former Kitchener Ranger. I hope he doesn't mind me telling it, but Tyler Ertle was a high school classmate of mine. Uh, he also went up to play for North Bay. Anyway, eyebrows were shaved off. You know how funny somebody looks without any eyebrows? Yes, I do. He came into <laughs> class and I'm like, wow. Yes, yes, and I that do. was part of it how much more there might have been i don't know anyway again i'll come back to you because i i don't have any experience but i gotta say based on that last line of your email disappear from sport and society i can't imagine i can't imagine any human being doing to another human being the likes of which was done at saint mike's in 2018 i can't i'm with you my uh my hazing uh, or, or the hazing of me, and then in turn, my hazing of other rookies was never to that extreme, ever. Um, did I did I know and did I experience the hot box? Yes. Did I have to pick up pucks? <laughs> of course, that's the fun stuff. Rookie party was it rough on me? Absolutely, both on a physical and <laughs> mental level. Still, the, the the binge drinking that was forced upon me, I was going there. Listen, oh, so I, that's how you learned. Yeah, I got. I have no problem saying I was going there saying, like, I, my, my father dropped me off. And he's like, just be careful. I know you're going to be drinking. Just be careful. I knew I was going to be in one for sure. Didn't expect to be in one to the level that I was um, or that I was told I was. Um, and then... Turning around, did you know? Did I go back and then, as, as a veteran, did I give a couple haircuts? For sure. Did I do some things that I'm not proud of? For sure. You know, did I make rookies play drinking games? I shouldn't say make. Yes, 
Also made him give a speech with a hand on a puck. Like some fun stuff like that. Uh, the fun stuff is where I think that it's that rite of passage that players before me have done this. Players before me have picked up pucks. Jeff Skinner once hung around after practice and picked up pucks from those nets. Things like that. The St. Mike stuff is on a whole other level as far as I'm concerned. That stuff, I nev- I've never seen it. I've never experienced it. The whole broomstick and video and all, it's disgusting to me. And I'm for, I don't think hazing is the word, initiation. I'm all for initiation. Welcome to the league. You got to pick up pucks. We're going to have a rookie dinner party or we're going to have a rookie party. And, you know, you got to buy all the food. Or something, it's got to be at a rookie's place. Something like, so they have to clean up the mess. Stuff like that, for sure. When it gets to be part of the sexual and physical nature, you're crossing a major line. A major line that has no place in sport or society, like the league said. I don't think I'm telling tales out of school to say that in years past, and this tradition has also since come to an end, but with the Kitchener Rangers at the annual Christmas party, the rookies had to get up and sing. It's gold. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Not at Is all. It, I mean, look, I get it for a 16-year-old kid, even being up on a microphone in front of a crowd is hard as hell. Yeah. I get it. It's a little embarrassing. To sing. And I, I still remember, God bless him. Radic Faxas was one because <laughs> he did not speak very good English yeah. when he first came over to North America. Oh man, it was awesome. But right. that stuff, of course, of course. And you know, well, I, I'm probably wrong to say, and in this day and age, it's not the right thing because it's somebody else's person. So you ought not touch it. But if you're going to shave, shave. I. So go ahead and complain about that if you want to. I don't think that is going too far beyond a line. Listen, we didn't hold anyone down and shave them. Right. They, we knew. We, we just told them, it's, it's initiation. You're being shaved one way or another. Would you like your head shaved? Nope. I, <laughs> with all due credit, I, there was a player that I played with, and I won't name him, but I, he, he, was a, he was Italian. He had these beautiful like black curl, curl, curly hair. It was just before Christmas. And I said, man, you got to get your head shaved. It's part of the initiation. It's part of being a rookie. I'm like, your other guys just went through it. And he was hell-bent against it. No, I, there's no way. There's no way. And I said, okay, well, it's either your head or half of your body. Neck to toe. He goes, half my body, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was nothing. I was almost crying. I'm like, so he's having fun with it. He knows. Like, other guy had long blonde hair, streaks in his hair. And uh, he, I said, he said, I don't want you to shave my whole head. I'm like, he's like, I want to wear a hat and still have hair. So I said, how's the Hulk Hogan? He goes, yep. <laughs> so he rocked the Hulk Hogan. That's pretty awesome. Right? That's pretty awesome. And it, 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 oddly enough, stuff like that, where it's harmless, where that brings a team together. It does. You know, the, where the rookie's buying everyone lunch, that buys or brings everyone together. It allows the, the, it oddly allows the rookie to feel accepted because that is the biggest thing as a rookie. When I was a rookie at numerous times in my career, you wanted to feel accepted by the team because you were in something that other you'd not experienced before. And, you know, if it meant buying a lunch or buying a dinner or, you know, going up and, and asking a girl for her number that a guy told you to, that, you know, ended up, you know, being this guy's like your captain's girlfriend. And you look like an idiot. Like, that's all ha-ha fun. It, like I said, it's when it becomes 
of the sexual or physical nature that you were crossing a serious line? I hope, but I am less optimistic than I may have been before this week. But I hope we're not seeing really awful Carcillo-esque stuff in the league or in the game anymore today. I, I don't sure think hope we are. So. I don't think we are. I, I, I didn't see that stuff when I played of the, the sexual nature that he describes and that what, is, what happened at St. Mike's. I didn't see it when I played. I hope that it's not there now. I think you're right. I think the whole uh, St. Mike's thing is a, is a completely different level. But even, you know, the, the hot boxing and the, the beating with gold sticks and Akeem Alou, yeah. You remember when he came through I this do. Ontario Hockey League and he was considered a problem child, but then you break down the story and you realize he his problems with his teammates were because he resisted. He said, no, that's not yeah. happening. And one of my, if I can take a really, what I thought was a great piece of the Carcillo story out of this is, and I wish I could remember who the player was, but Carcillo stuck up for him when he was a rookie and said, don't do that stuff. And And so... It showed that Carcillo, like the impact it must have had on Daniel Carcillo. Oh, man, oh, man. Anyway, the league's got its statement. Listen, good. whether you like the way Carcillo is going about everything he's going about right now, being out of the league for a hot second and then going back at the league with all the con- uh, concussion stuff and now the hazing stuff, whether you like the way he's going about it, that's on you. But the message that he has, you have to respect it. He's bringing to the forefront problems that did exist in sport. You have to, to me, you have to believe him. As far as I'm concerned, I believe him because I've seen how incidents like that could escalate. I didn't see it escalate, but obviously you hear about certain things. And I heard about some soup, some crazy things that would make this whole Carcillo thing seem simple, but it's got no place in our league. I'm wondering, as we move on to the... Yeah, uh, how do we pivot? <laughs> ...final topic in this particular episode of the pod, uh, if the Oshawa Generals the still have a place in this league. Of course they do. Yeah, but they don't. I mean, I want the team to stay in Oshawa and of course. play their hearts out. I love the tradition there. But you got to stop calling yourself the Generals. You need a new team nickname. How do you do that to one of the proudest franchises in not only the OHL, the CHL? Most Memorial Cups in the OHL reside in Oshawa. How do you flip the name just because a company closed its plant? Well, because it's more than a company that closed its plant. And I will also point out there's a team playing in North Bay right now, and it ain't the Centennials, just for starters. General Motors was not just a plant or an employer in the town of Oshawa. We can take the history back with carriage making a century, but the plant itself, the physical plant itself, has, what, 70 years? Since the 1950s, anyway. Almost 70 years of tradition in the town of Oshawa. It is the town's very identity. It's the reason the team was named the Generals. So by not changing the name of the team, 
you basically are a guy who's got your girlfriend's name tattooed on your chest. And then you break up with that girlfriend and you're with another girlfriend. And every time you get intimate, she's got to look at somebody else's name on your chest. You take that tattoo off. You take the nickname off your team. They jilted you. Well, that's why you don't get people's names tattooed on you. Fair enough. So now we have a new, now we have a new rule. (laughs) Don't, don't name yourself after a corporate entity in your community. Right. But I, I want to go back. North Bay Battalion, because the same guy owns the team that owned them in Brampton. He just moved them. Correct. But the, the, the city of North Bay, I mean, they, just talk, they, Well, they were the Centennials, of course. And a proud franchise. Yes. Talk to your buddy Nick Kiprios about that. Nick and I are buddies? Apparently. <laughs> cool. Kipper, give me a shout. Come on the pod. <laughs> It's your buddy. Um, <laughs> Kipper, it's Kipper. Popper. Yeah, Kipper, it's Popper. Come on the pod. We'll talk hazing. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Go back to the, the generals thing. I don't think they should. History cannot be rewritten. The generals have a long history in that town, and so too did General Motors. Things change. I'm taking whether GM should have shut down the plant or not. That's not for me to decide. I don't care. But does the team now change its name because of it? No. Yes. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It, look, it, it's a bigger argument, but the Cleveland baseball team is still called the Indians. Washington still exists in the NFL. Do you not think that those names could have been changed? Uh, do you not think they, they will should? be? should? Yes. They in our lifetime, Washington they're going should. to be. Cle- so, I'm sorry, but Jerry Cleveland Howarth. Getting, getting rid of that, I'm all for it. The, the, the Chief Wahoo, sure. But this is, this, that's what I mean. Those names, yes, I'm all for changing, even with the history that they have. But the Oshawa Generals are named after General Motors. It had a long history in that town. There's no reason to change it other than people being upset about it. But it's more than being upset. Like it's I, not. Yes, it's it is. It's people okay, being well, butthurt. Listen, there used to be a Kingston Canadians team in this league. Yes. Now it's the Kingston Frontenacs. Okay? Okay. There used to be a Toronto St. Pat's in the National Hockey League. Now it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. There used to be Guelph Platers. Now there's Guelph Storm. There used to be a Guelph Mad like, Hatters, the Bill Moore Mad exactly. Hatters. So, of course. So what's it? But I don't, I don't things, understand what the point change. is there. The, the point is you can change a team's name without altering its history one bit. You can, but there's no reason to. There is a reason to. General Motors screwed you. Royally, how did it screw the Oshawa Generals? No, it screwed the town of Oshawa and the name. Who owns the Oshawa Generals? In 2008, the Generals executive team announced that Rocco Tulio of Windsor agreed to terms and conditions with John Davies to acquire his remaining shares of the Generals. So, in 2010, Tulio welcomed two new partners as owners: Pete DeBoer, Adam Graves. Graves. I don't think that the closing of the plant has hurt the Oshawa Generals. Not yet. Hockey team. Yeah, it, well, it, it makes now, in, in 10 years, people will be saying, Generals? Why is this Oshawa Generals? What's this all about? And then you have to explain the tragic history of the franchise. And it's, it's a nickname. Just change it. Why, they already changed the name of the arena. Exactly. Right. Imagine if they were still playing in the General Motors Center. Now it's the Tribute Community Center. Keep it up. These changes are so easy to make. They're not the Owen Sound Platers anymore, are they? No. No, they're not the Guelph Platers anymore. 
Should we change the name of this podcast? Why? I don't know. Well, okay. <laughs> so if one of us leaves the other, are we still going to be calling it the Farwell and Pope podcast? Well, no, because it's named after people. That's what I mean. This, that's the what team's Osh, not that's, made after people. It's, it's, not, it's not. You just you, you realize you just made my point for me. No, I don't. You did. Because the team was named after the premier manufacturer and employer in the town. Right. It's now gone for all intents and purposes. So when it goes, so too, it can take its name with it. Hey, General Motors, go start a hockey team in Mexico. Done. With all due respect to everybody in Oshawa, what are you going to name it after now? Well, you've learned a lesson, haven't you? Just like putting a girlfriend's name on your tattoo. and, And Falcons... That's what the world needs. Dude, Another Bears team. There's a the team Oshawa Bears. called the Otters in this league. Darn tootin' there is. We can do better in Oshawa. Let's call them the Oshawa O's. That's a general statement. Let us know what you think. On Twitter, use the hashtag AskFNP. Yes, we saw some this week. We will get to them, we promise. The hashtag episode is coming. AskFNP on Twitter. And our... Twitter handles at Farwell underscore OHL. And at underscore Chris Pope. I'm Farwell. And I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. This has been the Farwell and Pope podcast, posted weekly. If you have questions, topics, or a story you would like to be covered, simply email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.